This is episode 30 of the Home and Family Culture Podcast. I'm Jody Chafee, and this episode I interviewed Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Home and Family Culture Podcast, where I discuss how families can discover and design their collective vision, values, beliefs, and traditions that influence their family culture. In this podcast, I interview experts who offer tips and tools to inspire families in this process of developing their family culture, and also successful individuals whose success was influenced by their family culture growing up. Be sure to check out the show notes for this and every episode at homeandfamilyculture.com, where you can subscribe for my weekly newsletter filled with updates on the podcast and blog, as well as other tidbits of information I like to add. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, or YouTube. Please subscribe to your favorite medium. You can also find me on social media at Family Culture Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, and at underscore Family Culture on Twitter. Be sure to comment, follow, like, rate, and share. But enough about all that. Let's get to the episode. Thank you for listening. Kimberly is known for her creativity, strong faith, and commitment to living life with purpose and passion. Together with her husband, Carl, she is the co-founder of the Family Culture Project, which empowers families to create a thriving family culture. Kimberly is also a life coach, entrepreneur, designer, and co-host of the Slice of Life podcast. She writes on her personal blog, as well as for Faith Gateway and More to Be. She lives with her husband and their three children in the NYC suburbs, New York City suburbs. <laughs> Welcome, Kimberly. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy to have you on here. I was listening to your podcast and I was just like, it, your story and the things that you went through really resonated with me about going from default to in more intentional with your family culture. And I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it a lot. Um, so will you tell us more about your inspiration of how your family was going from default to intentional with your family culture? Oh, Yeah. Um, so I really stumbled upon the idea of family culture by accident. I had set out to write a family mission statement and I got online, I mean, like, you know, now in the days of Pinterest, everyone has like these beautiful plaques above their fireplace saying what their family's for. And I thought, oh, that would be so wonderful (laughs) to do that too. Um, and so we said, I set out to write this family mission statement and what was happening is that I was, uh, I didn't really find a lot of information on how to create it, right? Everyone was telling me how great it was, but I'm like, I need a step-by-step guide. Like, and I'm a writer, I should be able to do this, but this was not easy. And so we kind of did a few exercises, my husband and myself, we sat down and we talked about our core values. We talked about our passions. Well, that was great. But then that sat, you know, on these large pieces of paper rolled up in a drawer for the longest time. Cause I'm like, now what, now what do I do with them? Um, and so like, like most things, when I set out to do something, I end up writing about it. And so at the time, um, I was writing for Circles of Faith, which was a, a community blog that I co-founded with my friend, Elise Daly Parker. And I was like, I'm going to figure, I'm going to figure out how to do this. And it was during all of my research that I stumbled upon this idea of family culture. Mm-hmm. And it immediately, the, the article that I was reading, it pointed to business culture and all of a sudden, that was a click for me because, uh, 
you know, I, we live right outside New York City. And for a long time, I worked at a um, very large, high-profile design firm. My husband works um, for a bank. And so I got culture. Like, I understood leadership. Like, it just something resonated with me. And I was like, yeah, there's something to this. There's something to this idea of culture and how it shapes an organization. I, I wonder if it could really shape our family. And so that's when we started talking more about what we wanted our family to be known for. So we went from having the, this list of value words, right? They just, these words that really kind of meant something obviously, because we knew what they meant. They, they all of a sudden started, we turned them into practices and, like if we were, if we were to become the family that we were meant to be, that we want to be, what would it actually look like? Right. And then I was like, well, we're not really doing any of those things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're like, wait, how did we, how do we get from here to there? Yeah. You know, I call that cognitive dissonance, you Mm -hmm. know, where you have this idea and then it doesn't match with your reality. And Mm -hmm. it's like, when you were telling that story on your podcast too, I was like, that's, that's true, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, because that's something that I'm still actually in the process of, which is another reason why I started this podcast is because mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to people who have those tools and those tips and those ideas that would help me to shape my family culture. And then as a result, you know, my audience learn mm-hmm. from, from what I'm learning yeah. you know, in this journey and this process, because it really is a journey. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not it's not like you're going to wake up the next day after writing a mission statement and go, yes, we're this family now. Mm-hmm. Because it's Mm -hmm. really about that vision that you have for the future and then the process of getting from point A to point B and not, or, or, or point D E F G, you know, it's, you know, it's, I like your guys's phrase on your, on your podcast where you say, it's not about perfection. It's about the progress or the process Mm -hmm. that you're going through. And that's definitely something that I'm learning a lot about. Yeah. I really love that. So, um, like what you said about this, it's not about you know, like perfection and it's about the process. One of the books that I read in learning about culture was Good to Great, which mm-hmm. is a classic business book that <clears throat> most people, most, um, you know, corporate type people have read. And one of the things that I love that he said in there is that if you ask all of these companies, what was it that changed the culture in your company that had you go from good to great? They said it wasn't one thing. It wasn't a big launch. It wasn't a new slogan. It wasn't a new initiative. It was deciding to do these small steps and doing them over time continuously. And what it created was what he calls a flywheel. Well, eventually it just became larger and larger and larger. And all of those small steps that they took became embedded in their company and it became embedded in who they were. And that was really encouraging because for a long time, I would do like this big chore chart. And I'm like, we're going to do this now, you know, and it would last a week. Yeah. And then I would say, we're going to like learn scriptures. And then that would last for three days. And, (laughs) and, you know, it's so funny because my kids, they often joked about mommy, well, what are we going to do now for a couple of weeks? Like it was funny to them because (laughs) because that's what would happen. We would, I would, I would roll out this big plan and I would you know, print, I would make beautiful graphics or print something off of Pinterest. And I'm, this is what we're going to do now. And, but it wasn't in those big gestures that changed our culture. It was in the small steps that we decided to take consistently. 
Yeah. And, and, and those are the types of things that actually serve your family culture better because they're part of who you are mm-hmm. rather than trying to change who you are. Yeah. And so, and those small little things are really what uh, is you're able to be consistent with the smaller things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you mm-hmm. have those, when you have to take a couple hours to organize this thing and yeah. then it's like, wait, I have to come up with another couple of hours again in a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? It's like, yes. yeah. <laughs> how do I keep yes, this? Totally. It's hard to be consistent unless yeah. you're doing things that, that really fit with your, your family identity and mm-hmm. grow with your family. I love that a lot. Mm-hmm. And while you were talking, you mentioned something about uh, leadership. Is that something that you saw in the corporate or the business culture that helped to shape your family culture is taking on leadership? And what does that look like in your family? So um, I, I've always been sort of like a self-help junkie and a leadership book junkie. Um, and, you know, my husband works full time and I'm the primary caregiver. And I've always been the one that's been on the ground. Right. And I definitely believe that um, in my husband's leadership role in the home. But I also realize that if there's something that I want to see in my children, you know, almost hundred percent of the time, I absolutely have the support of my husband, but I'm the one that's on the ground. I'm the one that's here with them day to day. And for a long time, I would, I would wait, um, for him to kind of take the initiative on certain things. And then I finally got to a point and it was a mutual understanding. This is not at all, um, you know, anything against his sort of leadership, but he, he's not here during the day. He's not, you know, taking the kids to school, picking them up, you know, after school, you know, he's not shepherding them through the, the process of the normal day. And so what I realized is, is that um, my leadership role is very important in creating that consistency and in creating that culture in my home. And um, it wasn't until I was really willing to take responsibility for that yeah. and stop waiting for you know, either my husband to lead or waiting for it to just happen or come easy or wait till we get time for this. Um, I really started to apply the things that I was reading in the leadership books to my motherhood and to the power that I had in my everyday in my home. That's so powerful. We are right in sync with that. I, that's Mm -hmm. exactly what I do. I read all the like leadership and psychology books and business Mm -hmm. books and it's, it all applies. It all makes sense in, in family culture that you can use those tips and tools in your family Mm -hmm. culture. Mm -hmm. Like when people are like, Oh, there's, I don't really like parenting books because this and that it's like, well, don't read parenting books. Read the business. Oh, totally. (laughs) And I much prefer to read those books and I've definitely read my share of parenting books Mm -hmm. and I've gotten tips and tricks and, and I think of that more as like the micromanaging, like, you know, there are some things that are definitely useful of that, but I personally have been more inspired about this idea of culture because I believe it sets the tone for the family mm-hmm. and it, it gives your children something to be excited about, mm-hmm. to get behind. They, they start to grasp what we're known for. There's things that they can begin to count on. And as we instill the values and our beliefs into them, they can count on those things, mm-hmm. right? Because they're going to come up against situations and they're going to come up against things that I'm not going to be around for. And if there is not an undercurrent in our home of our values, yeah. they're not going to know how to make decisions because I haven't given them a list of what to do when, right? So that's right. what I'm trying to avoid is to have them, um, I want them to be equipped 
with our values, with our beliefs, with the way we do things, with the way we choose to do things so that when something comes up that we don't anticipate, that they're equipped and they're ready. So you're empowering them with guidelines and and a foundation and a vision so that you're not constantly hovering over them going, mm-hmm. this is what, they know what the expectations yeah. are without yeah. you having to hover over them. Yeah. That reminds me a lot. I really like this one book called The Hands-Off Manager. Mm-hmm. And it's really good about that a whole idea of like, you don't have to micromanage people. You can be a leader. And what a leader really does is, is supports those mm-hmm. people under them, not, not commanding down over them. You're not a boss, you're a yeah. leader and you, yeah. and you allow space for them to, to, to grow and give their input mm-hmm. and, you know, be, be a part of the organization, not feel like they're just subordinates. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <to you. laughs> yeah. yeah. And what happens is they take ownership over what they've yeah. been given. Um, and, and, and I think this, it, it spans the ages. I mean, I have a 10, a 12, and a 14-year-old. So, um, you know, we really didn't start to implement this idea of intentional culture until maybe four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but even now, like the, the ways that I'm intentional with my teenager and the ways that I'm intentional with my 10-year-old, they're, sa- they're the same, but they're just age-appropriate. Yeah. And so the ownership that I give them um, and the, the way I let them get involved in the process of our family's culture is different, but it's, it's empowering and, and the same, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Totally. Totally. And in your podcast, you talked about ways to maintain the family culture or the, the vision and the ideals that you have mm-hmm. is through evaluations. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us about how evaluations have helped your family culture? Yeah. So, um, Evalu- evaluating your family culture is a great way to get started because, mm-hmm. it, because it gives you a sense on where am I at now and where do I need to go? Mm-hmm. So simply giving yourself a score of one to 10 in a certain area just allows you to see, wow, I'm really happy here or I'm not happy here and I can make little tweaks for improvement or I need to make big changes. And so it's just kind of that opportunity to level set and figure out where you're starting from. You know, one of the things that we love to do with our children, which has we've actually had amazing success with, is that um, three years ago, I created a 360 like peer review that most corporations have, and I turned okay. it into one for our family. Mm-hmm. And so each year in January, I mean, I'm sorry, in June, we go away with the kids. We go to like, I mean, we literally do Groupon at a local hotel. It's like 15 minutes away. Um, yes, it, it's, an, it's a small investment, but we end up going to local parks. Um, and so what we do is we have these little... Um, like a retreat where we talk about, we assess one another. We say, okay, how's, you know, how's little brother doing with his his integrity and how is he doing with um, his honesty and how does he pitch in? And then, and they get to rate each other and they even get to do it with us. Um, Even some of the questions include um, how do they, on a scale of one to five, how do they model our family mission statement? Right. And, or how do they represent our family when they're not with us? And so it's really fun. And it, it, they really look forward to it because it's the time when they get to be open and honest and they feel heard. And also they get to be honest. They have like, they can be completely honest with us. Like, 
mom, I think you're on your smartphone too much. Or, I mean, they don't say smartphone, but you know, um, you know, dad, like we really, we'd love for you to start taking us out to breakfast on the weekends. Like it could be anything they're allowed to say to us and tell us what they need. And they can even say, we think that you yell too much. Or, um, you know, one of the things we talked about on our podcast was we used to be late for everything. And the first year we did this sort of family retreat, they hands down when they, we asked them, what do you not like about our family? Cause that was one of the questions we do. What do you like about our family? What don't you like about our family? All three of them said, we're always late. <laughs> and we knew that that was an area that we needed to change. We knew that this was no longer like, ha ha, we can never get anywhere on time. It's like, wow, this is affecting our kids and they noticed this. And this is what they expect now from us as a family. And so that was really the, the, the thing that made us change that thing in particular was that that's not what we wanted our children to say about us yeah. all the time. Like that's their identity. We're the, mm-hmm. we're the ones that are late, you know? And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, actually, this is really embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so for us, I think, as we mentioned in the podcast, you know, that first round of assessments to really see what we're dealing with and where we are is super important. But then we really enjoy doing them along the way. And then so we'll do that yearly retreat and then we'll come back six months, usually, which is just around January, around New Year's Eve time. And we'll just check in and say, well, you know, we want to talk about how you're doing with this, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we always start off with something positive. We really see that you've stepped it up in your schoolwork, but we still see that sometimes you're telling little white lies to get out of, you know, doing the chores, you know, and you, you know that this is something that you always do because you you know, they've admitted it, right? Because we're all together and we're having fun. They're like, yeah, we know we do that, right? So, <laughs> so then we come back to them. We say, right, we wanted to improve in this area. We'd like to see more. And it, it has been surprisingly a, a really fun experience. And, you know, we haven't run up against too much defensiveness. I mean, they've been pretty open to it because, again, they feel empowered to speak and, and then they become open to what we have to say to them because they know that we're listening to them. And um, that's been really fun, those types of assessments along the way. And, and we, the retreat itself, we'll do like a little assessment activity and then we'll go to brunch and then we'll go out to the park and play football. And then we'll do another activity when we go get Starbucks, you know? So we make it really fun for them. So it's not a drag. It's not something that here goes mom and dad again. Oh my gosh, this is so boring. We really make it fun for them. I love all of that. That's so cool. The idea of the accountability, you know, knowing that each year or every six months or something, they're going to come back and have to report on what, they, you know, how things yeah. are going and, and it holds us accountable as parents yeah. to be like, wow, they're going to, they're going to take note of this and mm-hmm. they're going to, they're going to call me out on, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, but that, that really, I can imagine that really would create a lot of unity in your family because, mm-hmm. you know, you're looking forward to something each year, you know, mm-hmm. the traditions are really what's another thing that strengthened family culture mm-hmm. and uh, it's something to look forward to somewhere you can have an open and honest communication mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that's that's really awesome that's a yeah. really awesome skill or it is a skill <laughs> but a tool you know to be able to bring your family together and have that open communication that's yeah awesome. it's been fun are there any other tools that you do to help keep the the accountability you know how do you do you ever check in mm-hmm. in between your retreat and your well we do have um we do have family business meetings and we usually do those once a week. And, but those are more, I mean, they're definitely a part of our family culture. Those 
are fun, especially if we have somebody over and they're like, what are you doing? They're like, oh, we do this every week. You can hang out with us while we do it. And and these other kids are like, what is going on? Um, But we do sit down, we look at the calendar, we find out who's doing what that week, you know, who who wants a play date? You know, what events do we have? Who are we celebrating this week? What's going on in each other's lives? Um, And so we do have that, but that's not necessarily to check in, although it probably does hold them accountable to any sort of goals or anything that they're working on that's, you know, on a smaller scale. Yeah. Um, One of the big things that's really helped us shape culture is, like I mentioned before, this idea of once we determined our values, Mm -hmm. we needed to know what they looked like because values are just a noun until you turn them into a verb. And so we sat down, my husband and I, so we had to figure out what our values look like in our everyday life. So for example, um, we could say to our kids, you know, why aren't you doing that with excellence? And we could say that over and over again, but they, they, they know what excellence means because it's probably a vocabulary word at school, but they don't really know what that means. Mm -hmm. So what is exactly do that mean? Um, and I actually pulled out my list for you. So for example, we have four things under the category of excellence that we're teaching our kids is what it means to us Mm -hmm. and certainly not limited to these four things, but we think excellence is completing a task promptly and thoroughly Um, take initiative when you do your work without being told, Uh, take responsibility to take care of your environment and yourself and be solution focused, not problem focused. Mm. And so we can specifically address their behavior with those four things, right? So we're no longer throwing out this word to them that means nothing. We're consistently telling them, you know, you need to take ownership of your room. You need to take care of your stuff. It's your responsibility. That's how we do things in excellence. So we're constantly pointing back to that value, but we're breaking it down into something that they can do each day. And not only can they do it, but it can be measured. Mm -hmm. We know if we have achieved it because it can be measured and then we can celebrate it once we become really good at it or we're doing what what we're supposed to be doing or we're we're embodying that value. And so for us in the everyday, it's been important for us to understand what it actually looks like on the ground. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I like that, that there's there's words and you turn it into the verb, you know, the mm-hmm. activity. That's actually something I've been thinking about lately. You know, I I'd interviewed MJ DeMarco on this podcast and he's written a book called Unscripted. And in it, you know, it's an entrepreneurial based book, you know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but in it, he talks about the difference between action taking and action faking. Mm. where it's like you can you can fake a lot of things like if you're just you know say you're doing x y and z or i'm i'm doing a lot of research and studying or you know i'm put you know those are all they're good but it's not actually implementing anything Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. you're not you're you're not actually engaged in the process or you know trying things and doing trial and error or Uh or you know putting your putting your foot forward yeah and taking those actions. Yeah. And so it's something that I've been thinking a lot about yeah. lately because I'm really good at action faking. Like I'm really, yeah. good, at, I'm really <laughs> good at creating lists and really good at creating schedules, yes. really good at reading and studying. And, and then I go, wait, why isn't this? And then I get that, you know, that cognitive dissonance between why isn't this uh, coordinating with my reality? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? And so it really does come down to that. Like the action, the things that you do, that's where the rubber meets the road. You know, yeah. you are actually doing the things and, and even if it's just testing those things out, you know, mm-hmm. you go, let's try this out for however long. And then mm-hmm. you come back to it and go, well, maybe that worked. Maybe it didn't. But yeah. at least you're taking those steps forward to work on your family, to progress mm-hmm. and to, mm-hmm. 
to acknowledge yeah. where, where things can grow and change. Yeah. And I love what you said about excellence. Was that something that you learned from how to, writing your mission statement on a business culture uh, study? Or, you know, where did you get that idea of, of defining what those words mean and how to write it out? Yeah, so I came, I discovered that, um, that concept and that theory. I have to, I have to to give it to you. Um, it was a business book. It was called fundamentally different. Okay. And in it, he talked about the fact that he turned those values into practices. Mm-hmm. And so that's where that came from for us. And that was just a process of me and my husband sitting down and like revisiting these core values that we had chosen for ourselves that really meant nothing unless we figured out what they meant to us. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was interesting. The process is as we went through our core values to decide what these practices would be for us. It helped to bring to the surface some other things that we hadn't previously talked about. And so, so creativity. So for example, creativity, that's something that is a value to us. And we had to figure out what creativity looked like for us. And so now my husband's not creative and he'll tell you, he's like, yeah, that's your thing. He's a numbers guy. But we started to talk about what creativity meant as a whole. And one of the things that for us is important is that we um, approach everything like an artist Mm. in terms of thinking that, you know, my background is in interior design and architecture. So let's think about what we want. Let's conceptually think about what we're doing, whether it's schoolwork, whether it's um, a problem we have in the home, whatever it may be, let's, let's sit down, let's do a draft. Let's think about what it looks like. Okay. So then how are we going to get there? You know, it's just this process of placing value on how we approach things and then following through, you know, and what does that mean in terms of like the milestones that we reach, the little things we do, the celebrations we have, are we bringing creativity to everything we do, no matter what it is. And, um, it's been fun because that's a perfect example of something that was a, my value, but wasn't necessarily his value, but we made it important to us together. So even though he approaches things very differently than me, he's been give, he's given me the space to kind of teach our kids how to do things creatively and how to approach it with an open mind and from all different angles and, and brainstorm. And let's, let's think of 10 solutions before we think of one. And, and so it's been fun to bring that together for us. Making that a part of your family identity. That's, yeah. that's really what it comes down to is that it's who you are. It's what you, your practice is. And it's about, you know, that that's where everybody wants to be a part of it. And, you, and mm-hmm. everybody catches that whole vision. Mm-hmm. They, and you're all moving in the same direction and then the yeah. same trajectory. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's awesome. When we first started talking to our kids about the idea of culture, I was a little worried that they weren't going to get it. But we were out, of course, we were out to eat and we were at Chipotle. And so we thought, oh, this is a perfect time to talk to them about branding, about like what, what are companies known for? And so we started to throw out the name of these companies out at, you know, at, mm-hmm. to, to the kids. And we're like, well, what do you think of when you think of Chipotle? What do you think of when you think of whatever Target? And of course, thanks to, thanks to commercials and marketing, they immediately know these companies' slogans. They immediately know what these companies stood for. And so it was the perfect way to transition into family. And we said, we started naming some families that we know. 
And we said, well, what do you think of so-and-so's family? And they're like, oh my gosh, mommy, every time we go to their house, she always has hot chocolate and peppermint sticks. Or in the summer, she's got snow cone machine or popcorn. Like, I mean, this woman, that's her thing. Like, you know, like she, my kids go over and they are very well fed with like special fun treats. And then we said, what do you, well, what do you think of this family? And they're like, well, they're really fun. But you know, when we go over there, the siblings always fight. Mm. You know, like they could count on some sort of argument every time they went over the, these these other people's house, and right. and so it was a perfect opportunity to say, well, yeah, well, well, what do you think about that? And do you want people to think that about you? And they were like, oh no, like, you know, like it clicked. They realized that th- these things that we do it matters not only for ourselves but for how we make other people feel. Yeah. And so, do we want to have a home where we welcome people in? Mm-hmm. And, and so I just wanted to share with you something a little bit more on the fun side. We talked about values and how we've turned these, these value words into practices. Um, I like to call these cultural practices. So what are the other things that are important to us that don't necessarily have a value word? Mm-hmm. So for us, it is uh, creativity and fun. And for, for us, it means games. Games are a real big thing in our family. Um, we love to play games together. One of the things that um, I get from my family is enjoying games. Uh, my grandparents always played card games. My dad always did treasure hunts for our presents and for holidays. And he creates games. And so now we as a family, we were like, yeah, this is so cool that, that we do this. And we decided as a family that we wanted to continue to do this. So now what we do is when we go to um, visit my husband's side of the family, we bring the games right? Nice. We either create the games or we bring the games. When we host an event, people always know there's going to be some sort of activity. They're going to be roped into doing something, right? (laughs) But we really take pride and that's what we're known for. And my kids can gather around that and we can choose to embrace games as a part of who we are. Yeah. And so it, 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 it goes for the values, the value words that we've chosen, but it also goes for sort of the fun things like community and cooking and games. Yeah, totally. How old were your kids when you guys sat them down to, to help them to see the difference in the cultures and the branding and things? So that would have been like three or four years ago. So my oldest was so 10, eight and six. Interesting. Okay. That's awesome. I really love that approach. That's really cool to help them to see what other, the identity that they observe Mm -hmm. and then realize, oh, what's our identity? Yeah. (laughs) People think about us, mom. (laughs) But that's cool. Then you were able to intentionally shape it and say, well, we like games and we're going to be the gaming, you know, family Mm -hmm. that, and it almost is like, then it welcomes other families to know this is what our family is about. And they're going to know what they're, what your family's about and want to be a part of that too. I think that that's, that's another great um, important aspect of family culture is that Mm -hmm. it's about changing your own family, but it's also about how you impact other people. Yeah. As you have that solid foundation and then your kids go out and influence the world, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kimberly. I really, really love all of these amazing points. You talked about, Good to great and fundamentally different. I like to mm-hmm. ask my guests what other are their favorite books that they like to talk about with family culture. Um, so another business book is um, Start with the Why by Sam- Simon Sinek. And I love that book because I think that unless we truly understand our why, our efforts are going to fall short. Yeah. And it's the companies and the organizations that have a really strong why that really know what they're doing 
and why they're doing it, they're the ones that are successful. And I feel like it's the same thing for our family. When we understand why we're opening our house up to others, why we're playing games, why we're doing things in excellence, then they can take ownership of it. They can get behind it and it keeps them, keeps them going. It gives them a focus. It keeps them motivated and engaged. Yeah. And I think that that also gives you, it fuels your vision of day to day, you know, sometimes I think it can be easy to get bogged down in, oh, this is so hard or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, X, Y, and Z of things may, that may be a struggle that you go back to, you know what, this is why, this is why we, we, we need to sit down or we need to talk about this or mm-hmm. you know, why we work through these problems. It's, this is why we come back yeah. to that vision. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And there's a, you know, if you've read um, Victor Frankl, you know, man's search for meaning. And he mm-hmm. has a quote that's like, if, if, um, if you know your why, then you can endure almost any how. <laughs> mm, yeah. you know? And, and it's, I really loved that quote because I think that sometimes it can, it can be a struggle to, mm-hmm. to know, you know, day to day or, you know, families, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. every, you know, with different dynamics, different personalities that to, to know what our why is, then we can get, yeah. you know, we can endure the how let's, all right, let's, yeah. Because how, how is going to change it through? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the how part will change, and and the the the, the things that you know, if you want to come together and have family meetings or family retreats, you know, that's mm-hmm. let's do them because mm-hmm. we have a why in place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's yeah. do these. Let's remind ourselves what we stand for. Mm-hmm. Let's re, you know, let's understand what these, what are the our identity is, so that we don't have to constantly micromanage, and you know, mm-hmm. all that comes back to that. That why. yeah, totally. So awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Where can we find you on, on your website, your podcast, social media? Um, so you can find me at KimberlyAmici.com and I'm on Instagram and Twitter as Kimberly Amici. And then the project that I'm working on with my husband called The Family Culture Project can be found at TheFamilyCultureProject.com. Awesome. Wonderful. I'm so happy to finally see you in person. Yes, yes, it's wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Kimberly. Thank you, Kimberly. I super recommend this idea of taking a retreat, taking the time away from your day-to-day life to discuss what's working, what's not working, and evaluate those things in your family culture and how you want to be identified and seen by yourself, by each other, by other people. (laughs) You can go to my show notes at homeandfamilyculture.com and see a link to Kimberly's website, KimberlyAmici.com, but also a link to a post that she sent me about maximizing the use of peer review in your next family retreat. So please go check that out and also the books that we recommended in this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support. You can go find my Facebook page at facebook.com slash familyculturepodcast. And you can find me on Instagram at familyculturepodcast as well. Thank you for your support. Please like and share and comment. I love to hear from you all and get your feedback about what you think about the podcast and about these episodes. Thank you again. 